This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Back again. Welcome to Indisputable. Dr. Rashad Ritchie has the day off. Boy, it's the first show of the new year. Welcome once again. I believe we ended it this way too, didn't we? Ravana is back. Okay. We can't get enough of you, Ray. We really believe that this is the right way to start off the new year. Okay. Um, and I think that this lineup of stories right up your alley, including Ravana breaking news. Uh, I don't know if you predict this. I I knew it was a possibility, a strong one. Anytime you have so many donors saying we're out of here, uh, but we'll give it to you. The Harvard president, Claudine Gay, resigns. Breaking news, Harvard University president Claudine Gay will resign amid allegations of plagiarism. According to news reports Tuesday, the Harvard Crimson Student Newspaper and the Boston Globe cited sources in articles that said Gay will step down. Give you more details about it. Gay has been under fire, of course, for weeks because of how she has handled controversy at Harvard over the war in Gaza and because of allegations that she failed to properly cite sources in her academic papers. On Monday, the Free Beacon News site reported that a new unsigned complaint filed with Harvard had alleged six new allegations of plagiarism against gay. CNBC with the reporting here. Spokesman for Harvard and Gay's office did not immediately respond to requests for comment from CNBC. Now, despite critics calling for her firing, she previously garnered support, saved her temporarily, support from colleagues. Meanwhile, 511 faculty members at Harvard have signed a letter of support for Gay saying she should remain in her leadership post, quote, defend the independence of the university and to resist political pressures that are at odds with Harvard's commitment to academic freedom, including calls for the removal of President Claudine Gay. More than 770 black Harvard alum, allies, also pledged support for Gay in another letter that also condemned anti-Semitism. Now this comes as billboard trucks reportedly drove around the campus with signs that read fire Gay. And a black star picking up more of the details for us. So again, um, Ravana, this is breaking news. Harvard University president is out. Um, I I had hoped that perhaps um, there would be more discussions, and this would lead her comments in front of Congress, which seemed robotic. I mean, let's face it; they seem robotic and didn't go uh, far enough, particularly from. The congresswoman who wanted to seize the spotlight and all of that, her comments did not outwardly condemn anti-Semitism and what is attached to it, threats, attacks, 
but I had hoped that this would just lead to more discussion, more openness about everything. Because to me, that's what universities, including Harvard, known as the best, one of them, Ivy League, are supposed to be about. What say you? I think that I'm unsurprised about her resignation just because of the intense pressure campaign for her to resign and the donors pulling out. That is what the institution really cares about at the end of the day is its massive endowment and keeping those individuals happy. But I agree, You know, watching the hearing, I thought that she and the others, it wasn't the best delivery that it could have been and you know but uh, the questions being asked were loaded questions and the response that she gave that I what I couldn't really wrap my head around was how upset people were about it was that the school is following the legal standards that have been set in our courts as to what constitutes free speech and that's the level that they're going to apply in their institution for the protections for their students which is not something they have to do but something they've chosen to do um and so when the answers were given that speech has to incite violence for it to be protected that is just the legal standards that is what courts have have stated, and that's what the, this institution and others have decided to use as their standard. Um, and people framed it as something completely different than what was said. I think that, again, you're right, that they could have gone further in condemning anti-Semitism. I would have liked to see more statements about also protecting Muslim students on college campuses who are also facing uh harassment, doxing, as you mentioned, those trucks driving around that read fire gay. They're also doxing Muslim students, Palestinian students on campuses. They park outside of their homes to harass them. So, you know, I would have liked to see strong condemnation of anti-Semitism and uh, as well as condemnation of Islamophobia. And, you know, it could have gone a lot further, but at the end of the day, I don't think that it warrants a resignation. And I will say that this resignation is also a symbol that the far right has won <laughs> because it was their plan to introduce this this uh, allegation of plagiarism to try to get her to resign. They've stated as much online. Christopher Rufo, one of the champions of creating the controversy of uh, supposed critical race theory being taught in our elementary schools, stated that this was the far right's plan to get her to resign, uh, to increase harassment of, of her as well as other presidents. So congratulations to everybody who helped them secure this victory. It's ridiculous. And you know, anyone who's been working in academia for years might have forgot to put a quotation mark somewhere in one of their papers. I mean, you could dig up anything like this about anybody working in academia. So I mean, I think that at the end of the day, it's ridiculous. And I don't think anyone cares about the plagiarism, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. And I prefer an honest discussion, even honest discourse. Okay, if you want me out, as a symbolic thing, if you want me out, because you know I am uh, not your cup of tea. I represent the left, or I'm too woke. Then let's just go there. Let's not introduce something else. And I hope that you'll inform me, Ravana, that I can. Is there any way I can send a letter to my alma mater and tell that they better not disclose anything about my writings or anything else? <laughs> I don't want anything released, and I can't remember all the things I did or didn't do. I'm not copied to anything, but I just don't want anything released. Let me let me ask you this one, because I, I'm hearing bubblings, rumblings, perhaps even louder than that. I have a 
a high school bestie um, who I adore, who had one of the shortest tenures most recently as the president of Temple University, the first black president in more than 100 years, perhaps, I don't know, I think it was 122 maybe. Uh, and then here you have Harvard, okay? Here we go again. And I'm not suggesting that people of color, even who sit in the president's chair, should not be judged for their behaviors accordingly. But what I am saying is, here are institutions that took so damn long, okay, to even open the door to an other, I put in quotation marks. And now they are some of the first to get the hook. I, I don't mind fairness, but can I get fairness on the way in? And then it makes it easier on the way out. What say you? Yeah, I think I was going to say earlier, I think that if she was not a black woman, she would not have had this intense pressure campaign to resign. It was why she, amongst all of the uh, university presidents who were at that meeting, was targeted specifically. You know, they felt that they could turn the tides against her more easily because she is a black woman and this is an institution, uh, you know, that has a long history of, of racism. It is an institution that took so long to have a, a black woman as the president in the first place. Uh, and they felt that this was the, you know, amongst those presidents, the, you know, quote unquote, weakest link that they could attack yeah. and that, that she would have less protection. And unfortunately, they were right. And I think that racism played no small part in the fact that she was forced to resign. Yeah, and that includes Stefanik, who did the questioning. I'll give her, I'll give her her cred. She did that. Okay. She utilized her moment and it was played over and over again. And perhaps um, those who screamed the loudest won. Okay. As you said, in this case, I just would like to see honest. Discussion, honest discourse too. We'll keep following it, let you know if there's any further developments. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now, a Texas man, well, I see him as, um, he'll call himself an ordinary guy. I don't see it that way. A bit of a hero in this climate. He's open his Airbnb to migrants who were without, sleeping outside. PNS. News, K-E-N-S News 5, reporting as the Catholic Charities run Migrant Resource Center in San Antonio, Texas continues to operate at capacity, needs overflow here. Families are left to sleep out in the cold, but one local man has opened his doors to those in need. Santiago Rodriguez, a husband, father of three, began his humanitarian mission when he noticed the harsh conditions migrants were enduring nightly outside the center. Rodriguez telling KENS5, they had no blankets. It's like, wow, all these people using cartons to cover themselves. It was too much for him. The last two weeks, Rodriguez has welcomed more than 40 migrants to his Airbnb turned shelter. He'll pick up willing migrants outside the center, depending on their needs. 
our salesman turned humanitarian, has spent thousands of dollars on food, clothing, hygiene, supplies to support the migrants while they figure out next steps to reach their final destinations. Because there's a lot of kids, a lot of milk, a lot of eggs, toilet paper, soap, pampers, everything is being bought by me, Rodriguez said. Four bedroom home serves as temporary refuge for migrants, primarily from Venezuela and Colombia, of whom have employment ambitions across the US. Some people, they say they trying to go to Denver. Other people, they say they need to go to North Carolina. I got a girl, she's leaving on the 5th, meaning a couple days. She's already got her ticket, she's going to New York. Rodriguez understands Catholic Charities is unable to accommodate every migrant's needs. But he hopes the nonprofit is able to collaborate with more community organizations to meet their needs. KENS5 notes the feeling of desperation as apparent as dozens of people crowd the nearby parking lots in search of food, warm clothing. Community members come by throughout the day with vehicles filled with food, clothing, and other resources. Catholic Charities spokesman Tara Ford stressed the Migrant Resource Center is at capacity on a daily basis. Secondary warming tent has been established for eligible migrants. As for why many migrants are sleeping on the streets, Catholic Charities noted some are arriving without proper documentation. Now, Ford said in an emailed statement, we can only provide services to migrants who meet federal eligibility criteria. Fortunately, some migrants arrived to San Antonio without the proper Department of Homeland Security, DHS, approved release documents. They are not eligible to receive services under our federal funding. Other migrants are refusing to wait in the queue for intake process, and we cannot provide services if they are outside of the premises. Migrant Resource Center provides an array of assistance, including blankets, food, water, baby formula, and diapers, among other survival essentials. Funding has been drastically reduced as of first of the year. We have requested additional federal funding to maintain our current operation. Now, as for Rodriguez, well, he's planning to assist as many migrants as possible throughout the winter months. Quoting, I cannot help everybody. I try the best I can, Rodriguez said. Rodriguez is willing to accept donations from the community for maintaining his humanitarian mission. You see the email there. If you're so inclined, I hope you'll jot it down. Santiago 711 Auto Group at Yahoo.com. Now, for those who live in the area, Catholic Charities is also accepting donations of clothing and hygiene items. Those donations can be made at St. Stephen's Care Center between 9 and 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, I wonder what he's doing to help. I guess he's going to put his hat in the ring and say, I'll match it. That's what I think should happen. Let's see. The Republican flew a group of hundreds of asylum seekers to Chicago for the second time in two weeks. About 350 migrants were reportedly boarded onto a private chartered flight from San Antonio, which arrived in Rockford, largest city in Illinois outside of the Chicago metro area early Sunday morning. Despite the grin, he's up to, well, Grinch's work. The holiday's over, but he's still doing the Grinch's work, Governor Abbott. In an interview on CBS Hours Later, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson 
reprimanded Abbott as, quote, afraid and mad about his own border, warning that Abbott is determined to sow the seeds of chaos by turning a human crisis into a national security threat. What we have is clearly an intentional and federal crisis that local governments are being asked to subsidize. And this is unsustainable, Johnson told Face the Nation, host Martha Raddatz. Chicago, like many cities with Democratic leadership, has been absorbing a steady stream of asylum seekers without coordination with the Texas government. A move that Johnson said puts undue strain on local governments who lack the resources available in border regions. The Daily Beast filling in the quote for us. In an effort to stem the influx, Chicago recently cracked down on rogue bus operators, leading Abbott to send planes instead, vowing that more will be coming. Currently, nearly 600 migrants are waiting to be processed in Chicago's 27 shelters. CBS reported with a total of 26,000 people now seeking asylum in that city. It cost a lot of money to charter private jet and put so many people on it, right? From Texas to Chicago. That's a lot of money that have been spent elsewhere. Who hurt you is what I ask when I see, because I don't believe the smile. Who hurt you? And can we figure that out before you do more damage to to people? There are two sides though to this, Ravana. Some would say, well, Abbott and others complain that they cannot keep doing this. They're the southern border state. And we think it's fair to spread it around. The feds aren't helping enough. Now, I, I tend to believe that they take a certain set of circumstances that have some truth in them. The system is stressed. And they spin it and use it for devilish things to speak to a certain political agenda. But are there two sides of this? Can Abbott get any grace for his actions? Well, it's certainly true that the federal government is not investing nearly enough money or resources into states so that they can handle the influx in migration. But that's not the position really that Greg Abbott has, because his argument is that Chicago, and it was recently reaffirmed here by our alderman, is a sanctuary city. And that's the message that they sell. They'll send migrants to places that are sanctuary cities that do not deport undocumented immigrants, despite the fact that these migrants they're sending are not undocumented immigrants. They are asylum seekers. They're not at risk of deportation. So it's an absurd claim in the first place. Um, but that's the argument they make. And it, the, the premise of their argument is essentially a racist one. If Greg Abbott's only argument was that there's not enough resources. I mean, it's true of Texas, but it's also true here in Chicago. We also are not, as uh, our mayor, Brandon Johnson, eloquently put, we are not getting our needs met either. So this is essentially just human trafficking, in my opinion, what Greg Abbott is doing, what Ron DeSantis has been doing. They are telling these migrants that there's going to be jobs waiting for them in the locations they're going. They're telling them that there's going to be shelter and food, knowing full well that migrants here in Chicago are also sleeping outside. And Chicago is a hell of a lot colder than Texas. I live just a few blocks from one of these uh, migrant encampments that are outside. They, these are men, women, and children, babies sleeping in tents outside in the harsh Chicago winter because, you know, as was mentioned in the article, the charities don't have enough to 
help take care of all of these people. The city doesn't have enough money. The state hasn't done enough either, but the federal government specifically has not invested enough to ensure that these people are safe, that they have a place to stay over the winter so they're not sleeping outside. Hell, they shouldn't be sleeping outside any time of year, mm -hmm. these individuals. So, I mean, it's an issue that's sickening to me, but I think a lot of attention, and it's important to point out the the disgusting games that these Republican governors are playing with the lives of these migrants, treating them like they're subhuman, like animals to be shipped around and just to score cheap political points with. But I think a lot of attention also needs to be put on Biden and the Biden administration and the lack of, you know, this is supposedly the empathy precedent. That's what they love to highlight about Joe Biden. But he has shown a complete lack of empathy when it comes to the care of asylum seekers, migrants in general. These are people who are escaping circumstances that this country created in their home countries. They're making a dangerous trek to come here for opportunity and they are being treated horrifically. And the federal government was shown, shown that it was willing to bypass Congress to send millions and millions of dollars to Israel to spend weapons there, but they're not willing to invest in the same way for migrants here in this country. It just shows where its priorities are. And it's not with these individuals who are you know, extremely vulnerable. And yeah. it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking and they are being herded throughout the United States. And, and let me just say this, okay? There is um, this administration you speak of, the Biden administration. And, and folks, again, when people are on the campaign trail, they criticize the other guy. And frankly, there's a lot to criticize, right? 45, this inhumane treatment, cages. But remember, certain policies continued. Those policies continued, okay? So there's that. There's also this reason that Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, does not deserve any grace. This isn't about his stress system and the border. Not when you do it in the cover of night, not when your MO is to trick people and harm the environment too by chartering this private plane at who knows how much, a lot of money, and just drop them off. I can handle a crisis. Can I get a little heads up? Even the, the the plane ride, if you give me a few hours heads up, I maybe could prepare for people. I went to graduate school in Chicago, was fortunate enough. And it's not just cold, right, Ravana? It's the kind of cold that goes right through you. So this is um this is a painful thing as intended. Uh, we'll move on. Apparently, nobody fact checks anything anymore, including a killer. Nobody bothers to do their homework, okay? Man drives 200 miles to kill a man he thought was dating his ex. It's wrong all the way around. But you also got the wrong victim. Texas, Kendall Morris on the left there. Sentenced to 27 years behind bars for the 2020 killing of Robert Cooley III on the right. Morris is said to have driven from Houston to Arlington approximately 255 miles to target his ex's new boyfriend. It's according to Atlanta Black Star. What on earth? Officials said when Morris arrived in Arlington, he believed he spotted the boyfriend in the parking lot of an apartment complex. 
he opened fire, resulting in him striking the wrong man. According to the Fort Worth Star Telegram, Morris never physically interacted with the new boyfriend. Also, he only had a broad description of him, a black man with locks. Consider the irony. Morris and the new boyfriend had adversarial phone calls before the May 4th incident per the outlet. Witnesses at the scene said it's all parked white Nissan Ultima that was later linked to Morris. According to the warrant written by an Arlington police detective, a witness saw Cooley 24 walk into the parking lot when she suddenly heard gunshots. Star Telegram reported almost later Cooley was lying on the pavement and Morris's vehicle vanished. However, he was arrested same day near Houston, an AR-15 found in his possession. Victim's family described the type of man Robert was. Robert was an exceptional athlete who won many championships with Kings, Grant, Oakdale, several other parks. Robert also loved performing, an obituary obtained by the Star-Telegram said. He had a dream of becoming big in the music industry. He also had a gift for cooking, which he learned from his loving mother, was a talented virtual arts artist. Robert had a heart of gold and he touched the hearts of people who came into contact with him. Be sorely missed by everyone who loved and adored him. Why does this even need to happen? It's bad enough. We don't value human life. We can't pause and take take a beat, will you? I understand you're upset. Your heart, emotions are involved. Take a beat. You had 255 miles to take a beat, son. And then you racially profiled a, a stupid description. If you want to be a hate-filled killer, you want to be a gangster, at least get the mark right. This man did nothing but live and make others happy. He was loved. And for what? I don't know what else to say about it, Ravana. Maybe you do. But you have no value for human life. And all that time, I used to love to take a five-hour ride between Cleveland and Toronto just to clear my head, listen to music. Okay, I had things to do up there. And at the time, the dollar was good, not anymore, okay? But I loved a long drive to clear my head, and that was just about enough. 255, you didn't talk to anybody, you didn't listen to music, you didn't stay inside your own head and realize, what am I doing? And what? We're all at risk if that's the case. Yeah, and that is exactly why the sentence is as long as it is for this man, because he had all of that time to cool down. I mean, you know, in in law, a few seconds is enough to be the difference between first and second degree murder. It's enough to say that that's a reasonable cooling period where you could have, you know, changed your mind. I mean, this is an absurd amount of time to spend And I mean, I think at the heart of this is we have a problem in this country with guns. And this is not necessarily the stories that get sensationalized, not, you know, I mean, reasonably utilized to fight against guns. You know, we're always talking about how AR 15s are used in mass shootings and in school shootings and those horrendous cases. But this is also a horrendous case. An innocent individual lost his life because this man had access to a gun, someone who should not have had any means of accessing a gun, clearly an unwell 
individual who is willing to, you know, take any means necessary to ensure that his ex-girlfriend couldn't move on from him, try to terrorize her, ruin her life. And he was able to buy a gun and use it to kill somebody. And it's stories like this where, you know, there is only one victim and it's not, you know, a horrible scene coming out of a school where there's body bag after body bag. But this is just as much evidence as to why we need to curb access to guns in this country as any other story. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And he may very well, the killer in this case, fall under what I like to call coward killers. I think you're right to mention the the gun. Think about, I've never held one, an AR-15. If I'm a coward who wants to ambush somebody, so scared, right? What if it goes wrong? If I'm holding that power, I got that power in my hand. You take on this Hollywood Terminator-esque superhero villain mentality. I have to believe that's what it feels like to hold this unnecessary weapon of war. That must be what it feels like. No, he shouldn't have got his hands on a gun in America. It is true, right? More guns than people. Look at your life, America. Nobody said you can't do what you want to do. You don't deserve to hold an AR-15, though, as like a birthright or something, okay? No matter how many of these goofy candidates put it in their campaign ads with their kids holding it and think it's really cute. Well, this is the result of it, one of them anyway. This is indisputable. I am Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today, who has the day off. Ravana joins us. We're gonna talk about what she has going on as well, because I know just like us, you can't get enough of her. Uh, much more indisputable when we come right back. Please do. You try to hit me with your car? Where are you gonna go now, huh? Yeah, they do. Parents do whatever they want, whenever they want, including damage your property and stand in the middle of traffic when people have somewhere to go. They get out of their cars and they act, well, a fool. This is road rage and destruction of property, okay? And you'll have to clarify the law for us, Ray, but they just are like these, I would picture, I've never encountered a zombie. But isn't that what zombies do? They just come out of nowhere. And you're like, that's a zombie. In this case, with blonde hair, okay, and an ill fitted t shirt. They are everywhere and they just won't stop trying to attack us with their mouths and these fists of fury. It's very intense. Yeah. I mean, I obviously we don't know what led up to this moment. 
And again, I always try to say everybody has bad days and I think we should give people a lot of grace, but the Karens have been getting grace for a long time. So we just mm. start calling yeah. them out. Um, in, in this scenario, you know, we talk a lot about how Karens, uh, it's the FCC friendly version of this mess around and find out. I love it. Mess around and they find out. We had, we have Karen's begging for something, someone to do something. And in some cases, that person is gonna, they're gonna respond. And, you know, of course, never okay to hit somebody with your car. It's also never okay to, uh, you know, wrongfully imprison that person, (laughs) refuse to let them leave, you know, essentially acting, taking possession of their property as though it's your own, trying to destroy it, you know. and, you know, maybe that person in the car, that wasn't the case in this video, but let's say in a different universe, they're also having a bad day mm-hmm. and they've just had it and they press the gas while you're begging them to hit you with their car. They did what you asked. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You know, and it happens too often. We see road rage too often. Someone in uh, I went to college with, someone cut him off. He pulled up to the light, started yelling at them. They pulled out a gun and shot him through the neck. He's paralyzed for forever now. And some, we all have to just tell ourselves, you know what? Let's not do this today. (laughs) Whatever happened, it's not worth it. Especially in this country where you never know who has a gun, but Karen's Mm -hmm. seem to be incapable of saying that incapable of reflecting incapable of asking themselves is what I'm doing worth it. But I I do just want to lastly point out that we see a lot of videos like this where the Karen is claiming this person doesn't belong in the neighborhood. She's never seen them in the neighborhood before. I don't know what most of the people in my neighborhood look like. I know my neighbors. I'd be able to recognize my neighbors, but I'm not the arbiter of who is and who is not allowed in my neighborhood, and neither is Karen here. Yeah. So they. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. No, you're right. Go ahead, right? Did I cut you off? I didn't mean to. No, it's okay. I was just going to say they appoint themselves to this position of checking people's yeah. papers. You're the head of the HOA, Karen. And by the way, there's no HOA. You haven't paid dues either. And frankly, it's ironic because the only people I do recall, I mind my own business, okay? Even when someone, well, there's this one friendly, he's a good looking guy too. His little dog comes on my yard. There. My daughter and I say, hey, look, let's go out. There he is again. Such a cute little dog, little bulldog. He just wants us to pet him. And so I interact. I'll remember that neighbor. But the other ones I remember are Karens who won't mind their own business, who ask me things like, do you live here? Why? <laughs> do you? I don't know why you're even asking me that. It's disgraceful. And they've got to be dealt with some kind of way. We'll move on because somebody is getting dealt with, although I don't think it's enough in this case. It's not enough. This guy, Pennsylvania cop placed on leave after video shows him, him using the slur. Watch. What's your badge number, sir? 731. 731, what's your name? Wheeler. Wheeler what? Wheeler. What's your first name? No. Oh, hold up. Bro, I didn't say nothing. I ain't say nothing. That word. So in a previous segment, you heard Rivana say, it's not worth it, right? So if you were to get into an argument with someone who is not a police officer and they call you the N word and 
you call them back the N word, and that makes you angry. And then you, whatever. I mean, I heard a lot of tussling after that. We couldn't see, but I, I seemed to be a lot of tussling. And then somebody got taken into custody. It's not worth it. And I'm not even talking to the citizen who has a right to speak how they want to speak. Okay. I didn't see the citizen assault the officer. But well, we'll give you more Penn Live reporting. Williamsport police officer Brandon Wheeler, there's your close up, has been placed on administrative leave after using the N word during a confrontation with a black man early morning, Sunday, December 31st. That a witness recorded with his phone. Two videos showing the interaction were posted on Facebook by Davon Thompson. Pretty good camera work. Mayor Derek Slaughter, the city's first black mayor, said what Officer Brandon Wheeler said was totally inappropriate. Police Chief Justin Snyder called the use of the word unfortunate. Really, Justin? Is that is that what we're gonna go with? Quote, unfortunate. I don't know if I want you to be my chief, but you're not. You're in Williamsport, PA. Uh, and that there will be an internal investigation into the incident. What are you investigating? The full incident? Because I mentioned an arrest, we'll get to it. Or the use of the word, because we already, <laughs> the video shows the word, and you said he's not supposed to be doing that. All right, now, here comes this the district attorney, long face, new. Lycoming County District Attorney Thomas A. Marino also commented on the incident saying, quote, no question, was a critically inappropriate word to use. I don't like the word inappropriate. I want you to get out a thesaurus, find a different synonym for inappropriate. I saw a lot of conduct that could be addressed here, by the way. He said he recognizes it can get frustrating on the street for the citizens too, by the way. But said police must make sure they have control of themselves at all times. We in law enforcement are held to a higher standard. You are? Are you really held to a higher standard? Marino said, this case indicates a need for sensitivity training or retraining. That right there got me messed up. I have to gather myself for a minute. More sensitivity training, <laughs> retraining. Penn Live, thank you for that reporting. The incident occurred at West Third and William Streets outside a downtown night spot in the Lycoming County City. It's unclear what happened to prompt the video recording, but it starts with a man off camera asking Wheeler for his batch number. Wheeler calmly responded 731, gave his last name, Wheeler, when asked, but he would not give his first name. Why not? This is, this is silliness. Wheeler what, the off camera man asked before pushing Again, for the officer's first name and ending the question with the N-word. Wheeler shouted no and repeated the N-word in his response. Then the video gets shaky. It appears as if Wheeler is struggling with the man off camera. 16 second video then ended. Second Facebook video, Officer Addison Gingrich. I wonder if it's related to that other congressman who did a lot of damage. He did a lot of damage. I don't know if they're related, but the name Gingrich. It's not one you hear every day. That's why I asked. Uh, that officer is asked by a man off camera the reason for the first man's arrest. And the officer's answer was disorderly conduct. Hmm. Let's watch the full video. Go ahead. Uh, can I ask you what he's getting arrested for? Come over here. I'll can I ask you what he's yeah, getting arrested for? Now? Disorderly conduct. Disorderly Get conduct. How? Road. Get off the road now or you'll be arrested. Okay. Do you hear me? Arrest me? No. What is he getting arrested for? 
He just told you. What is he? No, he didn't do nothing to him. He said he recording him. He said, we're right? We're he said, everything. right? He said, we're recording. He everything. said, yes or no? He said, did he say, yes or no? I'm asking you a question. Would you like to be I didn't do nothing, but did he ask you a question? What's your badge number? 34. What's your name? I'm not giving you my name. Give me your name. That's actually required. No, stop. Yeah, it is. My little. What is he getting arrested for? Disorderly conduct. And you're next. But he didn't say nothing to you. I'm asking you guys questions. I just answered it. Disorderly conduct. But what for? For screaming in the street. You said right or wrong? Absolutely. Right or wrong? You said it right or wrong. Okay. I'm leaving. Well, did you say it right or wrong? Did you say it right or wrong? Did you say yes or no? Answer the question. There. You said it, right? You said it, right? You said it. That's all I'm asking, bro. Did you say it yes or no? Did you say it yes or no? You're more than welcome to say it. I'm going to get you, bro. That's cool. I got him. He know he said it. That's why he didn't want to answer. Trespassing for what? What did I do? You're no longer welcome What did I do, dude? You're banned from so much. Can you ask me? Can you tell me? I didn't do. I didn't touch nobody. Put my hands on nobody. When they get the video in court and this denying that he's going to say Ain't no cop going to take me off the road. That's all I'm saying. I think the officers probably rolled up and thought they were dealing with one stereotype. And when they were clapped back at, realized, well, I've got to make good and make this one arrest. But they, they didn't arrest the other guy. Although they tried, they used the typical tactics, shooting down the second person, Davon, I think it was. Get off the road or arrested. That's something that I pictures learned in the academy. It's not exactly something that diffuses, by the way. You could talk it out. Could have talked it out. Then attempted to lie to the men and trespass them. Okay. The people who own the establishment property are the ones that I don't I'm not legal. I don't have the training. I did have an investment property where a drunk neighbor kept pleasuring themselves on my court. Okay, and I saw some things I can't unsee via the doorbell camera. And I said, you know what? I won't call the police. I tried to talk to his father about it. Okay, but I learned that I have to say you're no longer welcome on the property in order for things to escalate. You see, I try to be very careful. You don't want to just go calling the police. It could boom powder keg. You had one situation. Now you have perhaps some guilt on your hands. But anyway, back to to this one. Gingrich provided his badge number upon request, but refused to give his name, saying he didn't have to. Again, petty. It's just not worth it. When asked about Gingrich refusing to give his name, Police Chief Snyder said, there's no reason not to identify ourselves. Well, I'm with the chief on that one, Ravana. You work for the people. Now, either that's going to be what we're doing around here, or it's not. And if that's what we are supposed to be doing, what is the secret? What's the secret? You don't want, want to be addressed with the N word? Okay, maybe I don't either. But it doesn't mean it's against the law. But what has me messed up, Ravana, is the sensitivity training or retraining. Please have several seats. Don't say it one more time, okay? <laughs> this is not about sensitivity training. Because you don't see people that you roll up on like some jump out boys and arrest one for getting smart with you. Let's face it. That's what happened here, Ravana. I can't stand it anymore. And we're only, what, a couple days into 2024? I need you to make it stop.
Right. Exactly. And it's the language that's being used, right? It's the use of the term unfortunate. It's not unfortunate when somebody says the N-word. It's unfortunate when I get to the bus stop to see the bus has just started pulling away. It's unfortunate when I miss a two-for-one deal on salmon at Aldi. That's unfortunate. This is bigotry. This is racism. It's not just inappropriate. It is racist and sensitivity training isn't going to do a goddamn thing for someone who feels comfortable saying the N word. <laughs> this is somebody who should be fired. He shouldn't be put on leave. Yeah. There's no investigation that needs to be done. This is a racist man. This yeah. is a racist man who has no business having a position of power over people that he discriminates against. This is somebody who uh, who should not be in this police force. This is someone who should lose his job. There's no investigation that needs to be done. You have the video, you've seen the video, you know that he said the N word. They're just trying to you know, pretend it wasn't as bad as it was. It was horrendous, it was racism, Mm -hmm. it was bigotry. They're trying to protect him. They're trying to you know, move this along, get the eyes of the world off of the story so they can bring him back with no repercussions. Maybe he has to do a class uh, where they tell him that it's wrong to be racist. He doesn't change anything and he gets to go back out there and potentially disproportionately use force against the black residents he's supposed to be serving yeah. and protecting. This man should not have a job. If it was almost any other place, uh, he wouldn't have a job. So it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It, he should be gone. It, that's it. It's that simple. It is that simple. And you notice how we're not even talking about the what could be very well false arrest. Mm-hmm. What's where's the disorderly conduct? Right. And frankly, if I were the chief, I would be after everybody on the scene here. Because why didn't your fellow officer step in between and say, hey, 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 come on, come on, man? I didn't see any leadership. I saw people supporting what could very well be a crime and not by the person who went away in cuffs. Unless there's more, I'm, I'm looking at, if I'm the chief, I don't want to, you better not use the words. Combined disorderly conduct one more time. Let's, I want you to justify second by second. Show me your body cam. And I want it. It better be real. These trumped up. You were mad because he called you the N word, brah. Okay. You don't like it. And you don't have the temperament to be a police officer. That's all. Uh, much more indisputable when we come right back. I'm not sure. How many want to remain on board Spirit Airlines? An update for you. The agent who misplaced about the sweetest looking little boy I've ever seen. Six-year-old fired. The update, Spirit Airlines has terminated the agent accountable for mishandling the travel arrangements of an unaccompanied six-year-old on a journey from Pennsylvania to Florida. Florida, rather. He was just going to see his grandmother. And I love this grandmother because she's not going to take it. An internal investigation determined that while under the agent's supervision, the first grader was mistakenly placed on a flight to the incorrect destination. So I asked, where's the system of checks and balances here, folks? Agent not only compromised the child's safety, but also potentially damaged the brand's reputation and trust. Atlanta Black Star with the details. We would want to revisit how much. The reputation 
was already in tatters. The trust, perhaps. I mean, come on, we've done number of stories on spirit. I'm not trying to beat up on them. But this time you lost a little boy. It deserves a little punch to the gut, maybe. Casper, young boy traveling to see his grandmother, Maria Ramos, for the holiday, was supposed to be traveling from Philadelphia to Fort Myers on Thursday, December 21st. That's days before Christmas. Instead, a Spirit Airlines probe discovered gate agent in Philadelphia escorted the boy to the wrong plane, chartered for Orlando, landing the child 160 miles away from his intended destination. Now, I want to pause there just quickly. I, Philly was my home airport, okay? I'm in Atlanta now, but I can say this because I'm from this area, but the the agents in Philly, the Philly airport has a different kind of swagger about it, okay? I don't know if the little boy even was allowed to get anything out because normally it's like, wait your turn. You know, they're the ones that are yelling about taking your shoes off and you better not hold up the line. It can be very intimidating. I can say that, okay? And I'm gonna say it. That's how it is a lot of times at Philly Airport, and they know that. They're not gonna hold it against me. But you know that. They actually take pride in it. But this is about spirit. Let's give you their earlier statement to the public. In it, the airline said, quote, we take the safety and responsibility of transporting all of our guests seriously. <laughs> this is the spirit airline statement, is what it says. We're conducting an internal investigation, the statement continued, adding, we apologize to the family for this experience. Well, halftime at the Super Bowl is an experience. This is something else. The airline has still not explained how the child was placed on the wrong plane, only assuring the family that the child was always with a spirit team member during the trip. Well, that makes you feel better if you're the grandmother here. I would think the better off on his own, okay? And matter of fact, he did call his grandmother. He, the kid was the smart one here. The kid's a hero here. Ramos has been in contact with Spirit Airlines corporate office and they have offered to reimburse her for the drive to pick up her grandchild. I heard it too. It's who's working in the PR department here. However, the gas and toll fees not enough for the grandmother. She wants answers. She further states family is considering a lawsuit, particularly since no one has an answer for how or an update for her almost a week after the incident. You have cameras all over. You're telling me you don't know what happened to Casper five days later and it's under investigation, said Ramos. That makes me think he didn't have a flight attendant, despite what the company insists, she added. Now, the airline issued a statement regarding the agent's employment at the company. This agent is no longer working with spirit. And any individual whose actions resulted in the incorrect boarding will be held accountable for failing to follow our procedures, spirit said. That's according to Fox 35. We are also reiterating our procedures to the team. And we are in communication with the child's family about this matter. Okay, so I have to give spirit an F, not just for their on time departures. You get an F. You get an F for PR and how you handled this family. In all seriousness, this little boy, this, oh, if you put up his picture just one more time for me, he could have been a human traffic. That, that's just a fact. If I'd been on that plane, Rayvana, I told you, I would have looked after him. I would have been worried. 
I know when a child's not with anyone, and I would have stepped up. So firing some agent who's probably had his AirPods in, okay, because it may not be the best place to work. Might have been complaining about the company instead of reading the boy's ticket. What about a system of checks and balances here? And why are you offering the grandma gas money? Well, the kid could have been human trafficked. It's absurd to me, and I think you're exactly right. The horrible publicity that they are giving themselves by the way yes. that they are handling this. Of course, they should be getting bad press and bad attention for allowing this to happen in the first place. But then to turn around and offer her gas money when what she really wants are answers. Yeah. How the hell was this allowed to happen at all? I mean, they didn't scan his ticket at the gate. Nothing, nobody anywhere stopped and said, why is this child by himself? Or why is this child's ticket not the right one for the gate he's at? Nobody seems to have cared about this child. And, you know, as you mentioned, they, when they got to, the grandmother went to pick him up at the correct airport. They said, your grandson missed his flight. She's like, no, he did not. I was, I know that he got on his flight. I know that. And then they couldn't give her an answer as to where the child ended up. And it was only because, as you mentioned, he FaceTimed her that she was able to figure that out. So not only did Spirit drop the ball, I mean, in a horrendous fashion on getting yeah. this child on the flight, they weren't there to help him when he landed. That No one at the gate when he got off looked at the ticket around his neck to see you're not supposed to be here in big letters. It would give the code for the airport he was supposed to be to or be at. And no one, nobody cared. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, this company doesn't just need to fire one person or even the people involved. They need to do some serious overhaul on the way that they handle unaccompanied minors. Yeah. And by the way, I'm sure the grandmother paid a fee because that's how it works. I mean, this is a six-year-old, right? Not allowed to travel. They you pay an extra fee. And it's usually substantial. And we know Spirit Airlines likes to say, oh, here's a $10 ticket. And then after you pay all the fees for, you know, being allowed to sit in a chair, okay, <laughs> being provided a cube of ice, it ends up, it's an $800 ticket, okay? I know she probably paid extra for this. But I am with Ms. Ramos because she needs to sue if she's so inclined, if she can handle it. And apparently she can't handle it, baby. She needs to sue because she needs an explanation for herself, her grandson's well-being, and for the rest of the public and kids who aren't being cared for properly. I don't know if the governing body, what is it, the FAA? I don't know if federal officials are involved in this case, but they should be. Otherwise, don't tell me that you care about kids being human trafficked and the safety of people. This is not just a story. It's a story. You understand? This is outrageous. And the fact that he's the most adorable six-year-old I perhaps have ever seen. Mm -hmm. In case my daughter's watching, he's a boy, you're a girl. And so I'm clarifying, not in my own house. Can I put it like that? Because I don't want this girl to get after me. And she will. And it's can be very difficult to take. Uh, but it's because it's wrong for any child to have to deal with this. I think it's real, the trauma. The trauma's real. A mail worker penalized for leaving the truck 
during an emergency. Can't do that. Apparently, you can't do that. North Carolina, Marshawn Brooks, USPS mail carrier, says she was penalized because she left her truck and went to the hospital after experiencing a medical crisis on the job. That's according to a report. Can't legislate everything. In an interview with WBTV, Marshawn Brooks recalled delivering mail on her usual route in Charlotte, November 20th, when she started having chest pains and difficulty breathing. Prior to calling 911, Brooks notified her managers of the emergency via the scanner. Didn't get a response. In the message, she said she included her location. I don't know that you should even call your manager. If you're having chest pains, difficulty breathing, I don't really care what their protocol is, but this is the indoctrination that so many employers apparently have for people. And it makes zero sense. Matter of life or death. Glad she's still with us. According to the report, after hours in the hospital, she returned to her mail station to check her truck keys. When she saw her supervisor sitting at the desk, she asked if they got her message. Brooks told the outlet her supervisor, quote, went to her work computer and her eyes just started bulging like, oh my God. And she asked me, where's the postal vehicle? And I was like, it's in the same location that I sent in a text message. I said, you know, this is ridiculous. I had a medical emergency and you all didn't do anything about it. When Brooks went back to work days later with medical documentation, she was informed by a supervisor that she was suspended, no pay, due to, quote, abandoning her route. So they accused her of going AWOL. They really were accusing her of like a a war desertion. Really? She called the decision unfair and inhumane. Brooks argued she followed protocol and communicated with her managers. The inhumane part is when they insisted the protocol was to check in with them first instead of going straight to the emergency room. That's the inhumane part. The rest is Nonsense, right? USPS spokesperson told the outlet, quote, when a carrier is having a medical emergency while delivering mail, they're trained to seek medical attention immediately, which can be done by going to a nearby emergency room or calling 911. Hmm. After the news session pressed USPS about Brooks' suspension, Brooks received a letter saying she could go back to work on December 19th. However, the document did not address the punishment and back pay. Well, they don't want to take no accountability, Brooks said to WBTV. Okay, I'm going to toss it to Ravana early on this one, okay, because I'm starting to get a little cute in my own head and I don't want to go there. But I will leave you with this nugget before I turn it over to her. Do you have any outstanding questions left as to why your mail is often lost? The organization in this instance, this is one instance tells me this is rotten to the core. And you don't even know how to handle it and say, weren't aware of the circumstance, make up a different lie, I guess. Really? You can come back to work now and there's not going to be, we got to talk about this, okay? Mail is often lost, stolen. I get pieces that are open. I don't even say anything because it's what's expected. I mostly go paper free, Ravana. But this right here, I don't have any more questions about why things are going wrong at the Postal Service. Do you? Right. No. And I mean, it's 
what we're seeing here is a supervisor trying to cover her own ass. She dropped the ball. The supervisor dropped the ball, didn't check her messages. Don't know what she was doing. Don't know why she wasn't checking her messages. Yeah. But she dropped the ball. This employee, and it's sad that we live, you know, in a country, in a, you know, system of capitalism where we're told to value our jobs more than our lives. She did the right thing. To be fair, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily even call in. I would, I'm going to take care of my health, my body, my life. I mean, because this, we don't know, She and it's not our business whether or not, you know, she had a heart attack, whether she didn't, but it could have been a heart attack and she could have died. And instead, you know, but she still, she still followed their protocol and called in and said, I have to abandon the truck here. I need to make sure that I don't die. I'm going to go to the hospital. And when employees get punished for putting themselves and their lives first, that creates a system where other employees are going to do the same thing out of fear of being retaliated against. You know, And in this case, they did unsuspend her. They didn't pay her the back pay that she most assuredly deserves for this unfair suspension. Um, but... <laughs> Other employees are going to say, well, I remember what happened to Miss Brooks when she yeah. called in. Next time, I'm just going to finish my shift and go to the hospital afterwards. And that will kill people. People mm-hmm. will die. Their medical emergencies will get worse. And inevitably, people will die. And that's it. We're told as workers in America that we're supposed to put the company first. We're supposed to we're supposed to allow that to happen, to mm-hmm. make horrible wages. But we're supposed to sacrifice our lives to help, uh, you know, this is USPS, not exactly a, you know, it's not the same as working for a company corporation, but this it's the same uh, application of the principle, even yeah. if you're working in a nonprofit, even if you're working, you know, as a public servant, you're told to sacrifice yourself for the good of the job. And it is something we need to do away with immediately. The supervisor needs to be fired, yep. investigated because, how did she even drop the ball so much as to to not have anyone go pick up the truck? She retaliated against an employee for taking care of her own life. I mean, some and that's, that's the, the only person who should be fired. You're right. And that part right there is the one that turns my stomach. Take accountability. You know, even these gross kind of mistakes, anybody is capable on their worst day of making a gross mistake, like, oh wow. And I'm saying you should be held accountable. But you got to take accountability. Why would you not take accountability and know it's going to fall on somebody else and actively do that? It lacks integrity. It just turns my stomach. She had an emergency. If I were her and I'm hungry and I want to go to Burger King, that's my emergency. I'm not going to call about that either. I'm going to pull through the drive-through in my mail truck and hope that it makes the clearance. Okay? This is outrageous and insane. Shouldn't have made indisputable, but when you're not reasonable, that's what happens. And we have much more to come. A women's high school basketball coach, but she she's a winner too. She's a winner. Okay. Want to talk about what her record is? Fired because of her attire. I think her attire's winning too. But this is the deal, Brianna O'Connor. Former coach of Opelousa's high school girls basketball team was fired despite her winning record. Connor, an exceptional former Opelousa's basketball coach, 
was widely acknowledged for her outstanding coaching skills and unyielding commitment to discipline. During her tenure with the high school girls basketball team, O'Connor achieved an impressive 18 and four record, showcasing her prowess on the court. But despite her stellar performance, the team unexpectedly terminated her. Last year at this time, January 2023, Connor herself conveyed the shocking news of her dismissal via social media, January 21st, 4th rather, stirring viral attention and controversy. Players bio with the details here. So let's talk more about the reason behind her termination. That became a subject of intense debate, particularly after a post by the news on Facebook, which suggested that the decision was accompanied by the puzzling comment that Coach wasn't a quote, fashion show. Well, the news quickly took off on social media. Outraged supporters began weighing in and um, posting, reposting, commenting on it. You see the Facebook posts and the comments have speculated on the reason behind this. Shondalette Hardy says somebody was jealous she was looking so fly. Quetta, bullcrap. I mean, what more can you say? Debbie Jones, that's crazy. She should sue. Charles Clemmy's Facebook page there, the public sentiment strongly leaned towards wanting their children to be mentored by someone who commanded self-respect and wasn't hesitant to showcase, in this case, her capabilities. Controversy surrounding O'Connor's termination sparked a broader conversation about the values and expectations placed on coaches in high school basketball. I mean, just women, okay? However, to this day, the coach has not disclosed the reasons behind her termination. Winning coaches don't stay sidelined for long, give you the update. There's an update on player's bio that Coach O'Connor is back. This time with Scotlandville High in Baton Rouge, and she's still gonna dress the part. You understand? And do what she's gonna do. And look at the rest of the team. They look nice too. Shouldn't matter what they look like. Why are you doing this to a female coach who had a winning record? Would the focus be on, do you know what I've seen on the sidelines, folks? And I'm not just talking about that sweatshirt guy who spies on other teams in the NFL. Male coaches, really? And sometimes they put great thought into their outfits and they are, well, it's a clown show. That's just my opinion. I can't dress. Can you imagine if TYT said, you can't fill in for the great Dr. Richie, Karen, because we've learned you're wearing your nightgown under your dress, as I am today, perhaps, perhaps. What if TYT didn't care about how I hosted the show? Well, that could be another road not to go down. What if they said, because we don't like your outfit? You're out of here. 18 and four record, a female bat. She went to this school, Ray. She cared about the school. She apparently cared about her. I didn't hear any complaints about she wasn't treating the kids right and this and that. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to have this little extra sprinkling of discrimination? My words, my assessment sprinkled here. Why? Why? Right. It's so disappointing because this is a, she was professionally dressed. In all of those photographs, there is not one inappropriate outfit there. She is dressed like a professional, uh, completely appropriate for her to dress up 
for the games. My basketball coach always dressed up for our games. Uh, it was the thing that they were expected to do. He would wear a suit. She's a woman. She gets to, you know, dress up in different ways, express herself in different ways. She doesn't just have to be confined to a suit. Like, you know, a lot of men, they can, you're right, find the, the most insane checkered, bright pink Easter looking suit they can and wear it on the sidelines. They're not oh. losing their jobs. I also, you know, of course, I do think that this is a sex, this is sexism. It's sexist to fire her. If that, you know, that is the reason for her getting fired for dressing up. It was sexist for them to talk to her about the way she dressed for the games. They wouldn't do it to a male coach, but it's also sexist that they didn't want to retain this talent to coach their girls basketball team. She had an amazing record. I believe it was 18 and four coaching this team. They didn't respect their uh, ladies basketball team enough to try to retain her as a coach. They didn't care enough about how successful that team was under her leadership to keep her around. They fired her. And now, you know, you know, whether or not she wants to take action against the school, it's been a while now. And sometimes it's not to your benefit, even if you were the victim of discrimination in the workplace because it makes it harder for you to get a job down the line unfairly, unfortunately, but that's the way it plays out. But this other school, this new school that she's coaching now is lucky that they yeah. are able to have her. Those girls are lucky to play under her and I'm sure she's going to lead them to a lot of success there. But I mean, I really, at every level, it shows how little they care, not just about protecting their women's staff, but the success of their women's basketball team. Well said, um, and that that should button it. No, I almost like that she hasn't said much. She announced that she was no longer with the team. She's just going to keep winning, let yeah. the record speak for itself. And by the way, I find her choices lovely. Yeah. But I'm someone who can't dress, but I think <laughs> I think it's lovely. She's lovely. Good for her. A Florida woman is suing a giant Hershey's. Why? Misleading packaging. We'll run this one down for you because this is a heck of a lawsuit per the New York Post and WFTV9 News. Cynthia Kelly of Tampa, Florida is taking on the Hershey Company, claiming it has, quote, tricked customers through misleading packaging on Reese's seasonal shaped chocolates. Kelly is suing the chocolate giant for $5 million because the packaging and the actual contents, they don't match. Well, this is investigative in nature, this story, because we got to find out what's going on here. One example, according to the lawsuit filed in Florida's Middle District Court, is the pumpkin shaped chocolate do not have eyes and nose cutouts like the packaging suggests. You see, exhibit A, that appears to just be chocolate and peanut butter, we assume, on the inside, but there is no jack o' lantern carving there. There's no grin, there's no eyes. Nope. One example. Another example is the football shaped Reese's looking like, well, the egg shaped Easter Reese's. So if you were to have a football party, say the Super Bowl, and I'm not really into the teams. What team was Taylor Swift's boyfriend going to be in it? I don't know. What if you had a Super Bowl party and then you invited the same people over? This is me injecting this. You invite the same people over and you want to have, if you celebrate, an Easter. What if you're doing that for Easter? And people think, well, these are the football Reese's, Sharon. And we'll eat them, but why are you doing this to us? Okay. Some people care about stuff like that. 
I wouldn't have any left over, so they'd know that these are fresh, okay, if they were mine. But again, this see, they look like eggs, not footballs, because you don't have the little striping and all this stuff on them. You know, the stuff on there, Reese's. And this was all put into the lawsuit, Florida Middle District Court. Hershey's labels for products are materially misleading. Numerous consumers have been tricked or misled by the pictures on the product's packaging. This is a class action against Hershey, falsely representing several Reese's peanut butter cup products as containing explicitly carved out artistic designs when there are no such carvings in the actual products, the suit said. Again, the New York Post here. You know, on second thought, both the mail carrier and the basketball coach should sue. If this is if this is a lawsuit, why can't they go ahead and throw theirs in? Uh, the bizarre lawsuit came forth after Kelly purchased pumpkin-shaped candies at Aldi for $4.49, believing it contained a cute-looking carving of a pumpkin's mouth and eyes as pictured on the product packaging. She said she would have left the chocolates behind if she had known the carved face was not actually included on the snack-sized Reese's. Reese's peanut butter pumpkin's product that plaintiff purchased did not contain any of the artistic carvings of the mouth or eyes as pictured on the label. Lawsuit read, lawsuit features more than just the pumpkin shapes, but also ghosts, bats, footballs, snowmen, and bell-shaped treats, several of which were photographed in the suit. Here are the bats. Once again, no eyes. Here are the ghosts. Actual product, no eyes. No mouth, go, no, not there. It's not there. Kelly also claimed Reese's packaging wasn't always deceptive. And that two or three years ago, the products matched the packaging and did not display decorative cutouts. Hmm. Kelly also cited numerous YouTube videos where creators claim Reese's had lied to them, failed to deliver. Class action lawsuit will cover all consumers within the state of Florida who purchased one of the products. So I don't live in Florida, Ray, but I probably visited Florida and I purchased some too. Am I allowed to join this lawsuit? And I make no claims about the merits of it, but lots going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Obviously, not a very serious lawsuit in that. Has she really been harmed that much? No, it's not something that we would think of as a very serious lawsuit. But does she have an argument? I think yes. Oh. <laughs> as absurd as this is, I do think that she has an argument. Um, right. Tell people where they can find your great work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Pleasure as always. I always say that, but it's it all so really it really is a pleasure every single time. I'm always so happy to to get to be on with you. Um, everybody can follow me on uh, see my videos on Rebel HQ on YouTube and Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter for updates. Ravana TTV. I've got a video coming up this evening about a person who opened fired inside Colorado Supreme Court after they uh, decided that Trump did not meet the qualifications to be on the ballot. So you can check that out this evening. Now, see that? Now, I will be checking that out, but it's just the, the hits keep coming, okay? When is this gift gonna stop giving? Um, Ravana, always a pleasure. Again, I feel smarter when I'm opposite you, because um, we're really on the same side, I think. Um, and I just appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you, Doc, for letting me fill in. 
And uh, hopefully I'll be back again. I, the team is pretty loyal and decent to me. And no matter how many times I disappoint them, I don't mean to. And I think they know my heart. This is indisputable. And we'll see you next time.